Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up? It's In the Bonus, the Doug Gottlieb Show. This is our podcast only hour. You are going to love it. The iHeartRadio app. We are live out here at LA Chargers training camp and. Um, I do want to get to what I think is the story of the day, which is James Harden going Al Davis, going Al Davis on Daryl Morey. I'm like Al Davis. Jason, Jason, do you do you know the Al Davis reference? Do you, do you understand that one? Does it have to do with Marcus Allen? No, uh, Lane oh. Kiffin. Oh, that's remember right. when Lane that's Kiffin right. got fired? This is like a this is a historic one. When Lane Kiffin got fired by the then Oakland Raiders. Um, that was when Al Davis famously had the overhead projector. You guys remember the overhead projector? That's right. An overhead projector, and he told the media, Lane Kiffin is a liar, and I'm going to show you and tell you why. And he proceeded to just dissect Lane Kiffin. Uh, it, was, it was like the prosecutor going on the offensive without any sort of defense from, from Lane <laughs> Kiffin. It was amazing. And that's what happened with, with uh, James Harden and Daryl Morey. You're like, what? Um, so, look, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Let's start with the Chargers. And I think I think there's a pretty obvious parallel there, which I don't know if everybody sees. Um, the 
Cincinnati Bengals were a maligned franchise. Matter of fact, if you go back the year before they got Justin Burrow, um, up until the last two weeks of the season, they were statistically the worst defense in the history of the sport. Okay, fast forward, and now they've been with Joe Burrow after his rookie year where he suffered. He had some good starts, then he suffered the ACL injury. After that, they've been in a Super Bowl, they've been deep in the playoffs, and they are a favorite to go deep in the playoffs, and some have them go into the Super Bowl yet again this year. Uh, but, but part of it is that, and it isn't always the case, but if you draft well and then you get that dude at quarterback, you put you you nail it with the coaching staff, like eventually it all comes together where you can't be bad forever. I know it feels like the Jets have been bad forever, but what have the Jets missed on up until this year during this longest stretch where they haven't made the playoffs? Quarterback play. Right? Go back to the Bills when the Bills had the longest streak of teams, I think it was thirteen years without reaching the playoffs. What changed? quarterback play like look did they acquire a lot of other talent with drafting high for a long time sure but once you get the quarterback it almost immediately elevates you to a level that you're never going to be terrible again as long as that quarterback's healthy that's what's happened to the chargers don't get me wrong i'm not blind to the fact that there have been some bizarre losses over the past two years even uh, with Justin Herbert. Now, they two years ago with the COVID, and they had a litany of injuries. The big loss was one to the lowly Houston Texans, but they were missing somewhere in the teens in the starters for that game, 20 players out due, due to COVID, and that game sealed their fate, even more so than the Raider game where they lost in incredible fashion, and it kept them out of the playoffs. This past year, they did make the playoffs, on the other hand, there were some uneven losses, some ones that were simply head scratchers. And then you factor in the way in which they lost in the playoffs. Were they up 27 nothing to start the game, and you end up losing in the playoffs? That one feels... But a blind man can see that this is an unbelievable roster in terms of young, burgeoning talent. You have Joey Bosa, who, when healthy, is a dynamic player. You have Khalil Mack, who maybe at the tail end of the stardom of his career, but still very solid. Those are your rush ends. You bring back your all-pro left tackle, who's only played one year in the league and sat last year with an injury. You have talented wide receivers, a well-respected running back who's a hybrid guy, and you have a superstar or at least star-level quarterback in a Justin Herbert. That's a playoff team at worst. If Herbert's healthy, they make the playoffs. And you can sit here and go, go through all the AFC teams and how good they are. But let's be honest. There's a lot of questions about the Raiders, about the Broncos, about uh, even the, the Ravens, the Steelers, some of the other teams in which you expect to make the playoffs, and you have them at the Chargers. What game will they charger, which means lose a game that they should rightfully win? Will they sustain the injuries that seems to happen to them every year, even more so than other clubs? But if you look at the teams that are atop the AFC, the, the Chiefs are the one team that was they were always good until they got that star quarterback. I remember the Chiefs would always lose... Somehow in, in the first round of the playoffs, at home, on the road, that they were up big against Indy and Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck, because he was a star quarterback, came back and won the game. They get a star quarterback and look at how they've now become a Super Bowl favorite or contender on a yearly basis. Is it more complex than that? Of course it is. Is it as simple that simple as that? Yeah, of course, 
It is that as well. It is that as well. Um, but as you sit here, Jay Stu, you're a Charger fan as well. And it's interesting, you know, when they first started training camp here in Orange County, it was it's kind of ragtag, right? They're playing in a soccer stadium. Um, they were in Orange County, which had Charger fans, but San Diego didn't kind of didn't embrace them anymore. They definitely weren't an LA team. Whereas now it kind of all fits, right? They feel like, and they're moving to LA next year in terms of their practice facility and and training camp. It 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 feels like they fit here, and it's weird to be moving yet again. Oh, I agree, and I I remember the um, the first year that they started up in LA. I want to say, and tell me if I'm wrong, their kind of mantra or their motto for the season was win LA or uh, beat the other guy. It was was something like where they posed themselves against the Rams for the market. And I thought that was kind of a mistake at the time because you're not going to do that as the Chargers in this market. I think over the last three or four years, they've just kind of realized who they are and what they are is a much better team right now and what they are is i think they have a a younger fan base because of the the approach that they've kind of taken um so i think that not only are they the better team that's bet up for that's set up for a longer run here i think they have a young core of fans that's going to be with them for decades and it's just been kind of a slow start would you agree with that um yeah i mean i i think I think they had, a, they had a bunch of things go against them to start, right? They were kind of thrown into the deal for SoFi. Um, they weren't very good, right? That's, that's a big part, portion. Yeah. People seem to like teams that are good, right? They, they just do. Um, but, and, and they were literally playing in the territory that <laughs> had a gigantic fan base for a team who... Should have been there, right? The Raiders, mm-hmm. and instead stayed in Oakland and eventually moved to Vegas. Mm-hmm. So there was a bunch of things that went 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 against them. You know, something interesting I saw over the uh, over the weekend preseason game in Las Vegas between the Raiders and um, the Niners, and it was virtually a Niners home game. Yep. Right, and people are freaking out. You know what happened to Raider Nation? Mm-hmm. Like. Look, the Niner. Here's. <laughs> let me make it really simple for you. Hold on a second. Is there a prison furlough in this somewhere? They no. couldn't get the furlough. Yeah. Well, that is, you know, I mean, you, listen. You only get so many weekends out of jail if you're a Raider fan. You gotta, you gotta save up those eight or nine weekends. And what's your comment? Um, not every, not, not every ev- Raider fan. Not every Raider fan is a gangster, but there isn't a gangster <laughs> who's not a Raider fan. Right, and, oh, and the reason that the Raiders play mostly on weekends and not Monday or Thursday night is because <laughs> Raider fans get that weekend furlough. Right, that's the that's the oh, that's man. the Raider fan. I but, don't know if it's politically correct to laugh at that, but I I still find it funny. Why not? It's yeah, a joke. Yeah, whatever. It's a joke, and there's there's some truth to many of much much sarcasm. There's at least a little bit of truth to it. But you were saying that the, the Niners this weekend was kind of a home game. Right? Yeah, you just got it. Um, you you just have to um, uh, you you just have to understand that it's not as seamless as as moving to these markets. It's not like moving to a market in the Midwest or the South where they just embrace you and they haven't had a team. Right? Um, and fans are going to, especially fans in 
in these vibrant cities, they're gonna like they like teams that win. Right? They like teams that win. I think the Raiders fit Vegas. They're gonna be great there. Uh, the Chargers. I, I believe it's a mistake to move to LA. I'm just. I'll be be honest. Still to this day. No, no, no. Not to play in LA. Oh, to you move mean their the facilities? Facility. I got gotcha. you. Like I, I think that you build a fan base in Orange County, you're automatically gonna have. L.A. fans are going to be Raider, Cowboy, yeah. Niner, Ram, Charger fans if you're good, right? But this, this you've actually built a base, and I don't agree with the idea of moving away from that base. Not that anybody actually cares where you practice, I mean, but this is the, the, the perfect example. If, if somebody from out of the area or even somebody in the area, people, where the, where the Rams practice? I don't know, in L.A. It's not even close to L.A., right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're out in Thousand Oaks. Right. You know, it is the right. other end of the earth from where we are, which is the other end of the earth from where they are. And nobody knows and nobody cares. But there is a certain, hey, this team feels a little bit more like an Orange County team. It gives them at least a bit of a connection to San Diego. where You still have some fans that would love that would that, that would come up. And I think that's a mistake. But I do think they're building something that's pretty cool. I was talking to Dan Beyer. You know, the cool thing about hey, these, hey. these training camps um, is that. Dan Byer and I get to carpool and spend some quality time together from our, our place way above Santa Clarita. I was telling Dan about this, and Dan, tell me if I'm wrong. If there is if there is not a bigger urgency for the Chargers team than this year, I don't know what is. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're still operating under uh, Herbert's rookie deal, that they didn't overspend for Eckler. <laughs> They, I think they've maximized the, the contracts for this particular talented group. And the Rams are in a transition year. This, this kind of is the year to get it done. Would you agree with that, Dan? I, I think it would help. But, uh, you know, number 10 is the biggest reason why I think that it, it is even a longer play for them. They've, they've got something that in this city the Rams don't. And in this league, not a lot of teams have. And that puts them in a spot that they can really take advantage. So while I agree with the Rams kind of being down at this point, when you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback, it's really going to help. I, I, I have friends back home, my family back home. In fact, a 17-year-old cousin loves the Packers. Second favorite team? Chargers. Yep. Because they love Herbert. Yep. I, I actually, it's, one of, it's, it's really interesting that um, obviously last year um, we had the, was is it, which Acho is that? I, I is that Emmanuel, Emmanuel Acho, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. The Emmanuel Acho. See that Sam Acho was the the brother you said shouldn't be on TV, and then Emmanuel was the one that got into it with you. Well, uh, well, um, Sam Acho shouldn't have been on TV <laughs> because he listed his top five quarterbacks, and he didn't have Pat Mahomes on the list. Yeah. That, that actually happened. You sure it wasn't a list other than Pat Mahomes? No, who are the top. No, five? he did the top five quarterbacks. <laughs> And he didn't list Pat Mahomes. Like, that really happened. That actually happened. <laughs> and and Emmanuel Acho then came after me. And then, you know, uh, later on, his take was that Tua mm-hmm. uh, was the, basically the real deal. And Justin Herbert was a social media quarterback. Mm-hmm. Which was funny on a litany of levels. I know it's not what he meant, but the Chargers had a lot of fun with the fact that Justin Herbert doesn't actually have social media. I think that's amazing. <laughs> but I know what he meant. He basically meant he, it's all about highlights, not about substance. Uh, the problem is that it just shows you haven't watched a ton of Charger games. And then 
having attended the Chargers Dolphins game in person, if you thought that that Tua was in the solar system of Justin Herbert as a quarterback, I, I I can't really help you. It's just that it's like that conversation you have. It's like these people now who are uh, going on Twitter and trying to convince people that the tragic fire in Lahaina was somehow a um, uh, somehow like a, a government's called DEW. Do you know what DEW is? Like a false flag? Or? No, DEW is, they can... I know the mountain DEW. No, uh, you, <laughs> I, you do like the mountain yeah. DEW. Very nice. It's where they can... Uh, I forget what DEW stands for. Hold on, let me look it up. We can hit. make sure you edit this part out here, Brandon. What the cra- Go ahead. The crazy part about that whole situation was when Greg Gottlieb came in and said, "You keep my brother's name out of your mouth when he's talking about your the brother." Acho? Like that yeah. was, yeah, that was good. It was Acho v. Gottlieb. <laughs> the brothers Gottlieb banded together. It's funny, and, um, and I do have to mention that Emmanuel did go on the air the day after. He went to that Tua Herbert game and said, I will not criticize Herbert for the rest of the regular season. That was kind of his weird it was makeup, so weird. makeup take. Yeah. It was so weird, yeah. right? And look, I, I did think they got, they, they, got, um, they got conservative in the playoffs, but directed, it's, it's directed energy, energy weapon. weapon. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Right. That's, that's what, so again, that's the bizarre, like it's one of the more bizarre things ever. It's like, when when your reaction to a tragic fire is ah, had to be started by had to be started by rich people trying to steal these people's land and not oh my god this is terrible right when if your reaction to watching that game was hey I'm not going to criticize in the rest of the regular season how about I was wrong it's okay to go I, w- I was wrong that guy is way way better than I thought there should be a sports museum where there's just you know podiums and pedestals of people. That with their sports takes that they are they are going to die on that hill, or that is their like oh this is the oh there's Emmanuel Acho. Well, you, have, you, have, you have our good friend Rob Parker, right? Yep. Uh, where Tom Brady's the luckiest quarterback <laughs> of all time <laughs> yes. won't come down off that one. There would be crowds like the Mona Lisa, you know, around it to see that to see that one. That's a butte, Clark. That's a butte. Um, it is true. I mean, you, people do latch on, and no matter what you can do. No, yeah. It's funny because it's even on the heels of this weekend. Like, I was never a huge Tony Parker fan. And then at the end of his, like, run, and I don't know if it was 07 when he won the MVP in the finals, I was like, yeah, I got to appreciate it, you know, like, for, for what it is. Like, at some point, you're just kind of, all right, yeah. I would say this about Tony Parker. I, I would, before he was in the Hall of Fame, I would say most underrated point guard ever. But now once you're in the Hall of Fame, you can't say that, right? right yeah, right. It's just, it's not... It, it maybe at the time when he played, he was uh, when he played, he was underrated. Correct. But now he is. You're a Hall of Famer. There is no higher ranking you can have. Yep. You know, kind of like when Andre. Uh, I remember when Andre Dawkins was up for the Hall of Fame, and the argument for him being in the Hall of Fame is that he has more home runs than anyone not in the Hall of Fame. That that that's not an argument. That there's always going to be somebody who has the most home runs without being the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's true. So, so don't don't sell me that argument. If if that's your argument, that means he's not a Hall of Famer. So yeah, what you, you could be over yeah. over or underrated until the day you walk into the Hall of Fame. Then you can't be that way anymore. Yeah. Um, what what are the what are the other all timers? I'm trying to think of. I mean, Skip Bayless with the LeBron doesn't have the clutch gene. That was that was that's a big one. Doesn't have the clutch gene. 
Got it. I mean, I would probably be in the hall for the Steph Curry take. Uh, part of it is the Steph Curry take is taken a little bit out of its... It's not contextualized well, and oh yeah, by the way, I mean it's pretty obvious. Like I'm not sitting here going, yeah, Johnny Flynn is has more upside than yeah, Ricky correct. Rubio now, right? Yeah, that disqualifies you. It's the people that they won't just go like, hey, I was wrong on that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have the the resume that you do, Doug. But I never believed in Ben Simmons, and it turned out to be true. So there, there, there's also like those sort of things where you're just you know, there's there's the the real belief of like I just don't see it. I just Merrill Hodge, by the way, is making a huge push on social media with the uh, with, with the Johnny Manziel. Yeah, people just grabbing old clips of his analysis of draft it was, picks. By the way, it was really really good. Yeah, it, it was it was good not because he did the hot take. He's gonna suck, whatever. It was good because he went through what it takes to be a quality quarterback and what he doesn't see yes. at all there. And, like, he nailed it. They're going to be fired and blah, 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 blah. And, by the way, Skip Bayless, huge believer there. Huge believer in Baker Mayfield. You know, by the way, my Baker Mayfield uh, take was at the time, and I think I was working I, I was working here. We could pull it at some point in time, whereas I thought he was a late-round talent. Okay, with a first-round brain and ego, and you know, um, I had I had a GM tell me it was like if you surround him with great players, he can be good. If you don't, he can't be good. And you know what? That's really what happened in Cleveland was when he was when everything was right early on, surrounded by unbelievable talent. Because and we talked about this, Dan, uh, before you sat down, which is like. Look, it's not really a secret here what's happened with the Chargers, what's happened with the Bills, what's happened with the Bengals. These teams are bad for a long time. Eventually, you draft your crew talent, but once you get that quarterback, now all of a sudden you can be a consistent playoff team, sure. right? I mean, that's what's happened with all these teams. Um, that's where, where the Browns were, just their quarterback wasn't good enough. And it eventually, eventually water, finds its, water finds its level. All right, let's, let's get to the, the James Harden deal. So James Harden calls Daryl Morey a liar. Because what you would guess was the deal he took last year for less, there was a promise for more this year. And when that didn't happen, now he calls him a liar. Now, it should be pointed out that we don't know if the owner of of the Sixers said, hey, yeah, we ain't going to give him a long-term contract. And I also think there's a little bit of the NFL running backs thing to it, which is James Harden is not the same guy he was when he was an MVP. He's not close to the same guy. Mm -hmm. In addition to the other things with James Harden, never really wanted to play defense, right? Has At times hasn't come in in great shape, hasn't won in the playoffs. All of those things are, are you know, but like, look, by now, you know what he is. But he's older. And there's just limitations there. So I think a good portion of it is he's lashing out not just at Daryl Morey, but he's probably lashing out the fact that he wanted to be traded and they couldn't find anybody that wanted to give him what he wanted. And he guys don't like hearing, hearing that from people. Let me add some context here. So over the weekend it was reported, Dan, you were on the air at some point here, it was reported that uh, Daryl Morey said that James Harden's going to play for us this year, something along those lines. James Harden was in China, which is ironic. He was in China doing an event. I'm sure he got paid China. a billion dollars and said, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he is a part of. 
two Chinese uh, reporters and fans. I'll tell you, it was interesting because on my Sunday show that I do with Mike Harmon, before this Harden clip actually came out, Doug, it's something that you pointed to with the Eric Bieniemy situation of if Ryan Poles didn't bring him in as the head coach in Chicago, maybe that tells you something. Right. If Daryl Morey is not willing to give James Harden the long, the the amount of money that James Harden wants, tells you all you need to know. Yes. Yeah. Of course, I, I, well, you and I come up complete lockstep. Totally agree. You know, um, because there, you think there's a relationship there. Now there's no relationship there. <laughs> There is zero chance, zero chance of having a relationship with somebody who you call a liar uh, to to every media outlet possible, right? So now, what do you do if you're the Sixers? You just let him rot. I think that I think Maury will probably try to follow what he did to acquire Harden because it was with the Ben Simmons thing. I'm sure he'll wait it out, um, and when the season comes around, that's when push gets to shove. Push comes to shove. That's what I think he'll do. I think that he actually – there was one team that actually would take Ben Simmons and wanted to give away a superstar, and he found it. I think that's what his goal will probably be this time around. I was a buyer into Ben Simmons. Um, but uh, but so many – the it, it's this Ben Simmons is one of those – there were so many red flags there that you just pushed through, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, the red flags were when I, I, I called one of his games – an LSU game, and uh, David Patrick, who was like his godfather, and David, of course, uh, used to play and then coached in Australia. He's now the head coach at, at Sacramento State. You know, he was the literally the only guy who was effuse in his praise of Ben Simmons. Like, when you're there, like, nobody else is like, man, he's the best. That guy's unbelievable. Right? Like, when Cade Cunningham was at Oklahoma State, and you're around anybody at Oklahoma State, they're like, dude, Cade Cunningham is the best. I love him. Love playing with him. Love him as a person. Love None of that with Ben Simmons. None of that. And then, like, there was the long-held rumor that um, the Boomers, that's the Australian national team, didn't want him. Right? Just mm-hmm. did, he wasn't, wasn't one of them. You know, that he, was, he left to go to high school in the States, and they felt like he felt like he was too good for them or his style of play or whatever. Um, and he's never played for them. I think he's trying to play. I think he's playing for them this summer, right? But he, he desperately needs it because the way they play and the skill work that they do would be incredible. Maybe he's not, actually, because I've seen these highlights today. But the point is there's, there was a lot of red flags of Ben Simmons that I, I kind of blew through. I was like, nah, I, this guy's too good. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you're good enough, you get, it, it all matters. Well, you know, and he also fell victim of that that hype train as well. I mean, there's, I mean, you look back just over the years. I mean, he was an all star, wasn't he? I, I believe you. I actually, I know he was. Um, so he was he was an all star at one point, and then you had him making one three point shot, and then everybody going nuts, being like, "Hey, if this guy can actually be a three point shooter." Look out. Three-time All-Star. Because I double-checked it. So, I don't know. Just didn't. Two-time All-Defensive. I'm even impressed by those uh, accolades. Yeah, so this story that uh, Jason just showed me, that the Australian head coach, Brian Gourgian, said, uh, in my dealings with Ben, it's always been, I'm not recruiting you. It's important for the for the country. We're not going to say, please, Ben, please, we don't have anything if you don't play. 
Um, he hasn't made an appearance for the Australian national team since uh, for Australia since 2013. So I truly hope for Ben that he ends up deciding it's something he'd want to be a part of. Uh, that's what uh, Luke Longley said. I've done a lot of things, but playing for the Boomers is right up there with the top of them. I wouldn't trade them for one of my rings. Of course, Luke played with uh, the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan won championships. I- I've said I would at one stage stupidly, but geez, I'd love to have a medal sitting alongside of him. Anyway, uh, when was this article? This was August 12th, so this is just this Friday. Uh, just this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's really, really interesting that... Um, that here we are, um, here we are, and we're looking at at a similar situation for uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, it's like a couple years a couple years later. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called "I Want Your Flex." Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and we you get your podcasts. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from the Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Every day here in the bonus, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Got Dan Beyer along with me for the entire day. Same with uh, Jason Stewart. We play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. This is Brady Quinn talking about the 49ers quarterback situation. I mean, look, I've, I've said this and we'll continue to say this. Uh, he just needs more time, more development. You know, and, and you know, when Sam Darnold goes in there, things seem to run rather smooth and, and it, in part because he's played a lot, right? He's been now with two different organizations. He's, he's been in multiple systems. He can adapt and he's doing his best just to kind of survive and and provide an opportunity to uh, to maybe be the guy this year when Brock Purdy's not there, or if he gets hurt, and and so I, I think we know what what he is bringing to the table. I've said I said this uh, last week, Laval, and you were gone. I, I think if Darnold gets a shot and opportunity, I think he'll play well in that system. Mm. Uh, it's hard for quarterbacks not to typically play well in that system. For Trey, it's tough though because he he just hasn't played a ton of football, and he was never drafted for what he had done what he showcased he was always drafted based on his potential and unfortunately because of the injury last last season and and the way things have kind of shaken out for him so far in his career he just hasn't had the opportunity to really get the type of you know real playing experience that I think he needs to be where San Francisco wants him to be as an organization to be where the fans want him to be yeah that thing is interesting I, I look I, I think they're I personally I think Sam Donald's going to win that job. I think they started Trey Lance, and he played uh, he he played pretty well. I don't think that how you play in a preseason game is going to decide who plays and who doesn't, who gets a starting job. I think that's going to be decided in the in the practices where you uh, where you where you practice against somebody. Dan, we talked about uh, takes that you know are going to go in the take Hall of Fame a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Sam Donald would be. Would would be a very very good very good NFL quarterback. I was to this point wrong. Now I'm still a stockholder in Sam Darnold LLC. Right? I still got that in my back pocket, mm-hmm. and I and I actually think he's in a great spot. If he could win the job, I just he has a lot more talent than Brock Purdy. A lot more arm talent than Brock Purdy. He's a lot physically more more talented. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'd guess Brock Purdy gets the job back when he's fully healthy and fully cleared. If they you know day one of the season. But I think that Darnold, like, all he's ever needed was the coaching and the system that they can provide for him in San Francisco. I, I'm still, I'm still going to hold on to that penny stock now okay. that everybody else has sold off. I'm willing to admit, obviously, he's not nearly what Lamar Jackson has become as a quarterback. In that, in that part, I was, I was wrong. How much do you think the sea ghost thing? you think people forgot about that? No, I think that's a real thing. I, I mean, I think, you know, admitting it. Yeah. Yeah, that—, that because I think there's there's been more quarterbacks admitted. But look, he was in a he was a terrible team, a poorly coached team. But and and that can that can cause a guy to sink, yeah, or to swim. I th- I think that there's there's a lot there's a lot with the 49ers, and there's and it's not just Sam Darnold, and that's the only thing that I wonder. And I don't blame you for holding stock on Sam Darnold. And when you look at how things played out. 
in Carolina when he was brought in there. Doesn't seem like it was a great situation either. But I, I, I feel that there's been so much praise for Sam Darnold, and it's come at the expense of Trey Lance. And the 49ers... The, the 49ers talk. They talk to reporters. They talk to to insiders. And information gets out. And there's just this narrative. And I just, for as great as the Sam Donald things, I, you know, the, the message is, I'm just taking it with a grain of salt. Just yep. for however. I, I don't blame you for holding holding on to it. But, um, yeah, I'm still I'm still a little uh, skeptical. Apprehensive. Yes. yes. Apprehensive and skeptical. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about Russell Wilson. The Broncos did something I don't think I've seen uh, for quite some time. They kept their offense on the field for the first four drives of the game, and that's with a veteran quarterback. And so uh, it wasn't very pretty until the final play of the final drive. So what does it tell you in the offseason for Sean Payton and the Broncos when he has publicly ripped harsh the previous coach and he kept starters in for four series on their first preseason game? It tells you this is not as plug-and-play as he hoped. Uh, they got a lot of work to do. It's not necessarily coming together. Uh, on a lot of those drives, they were dealing with second- and third-team Arizona Cardinal defenders. That's a bad team and an average defense, and they couldn't move the ball. So I do feel like Sean Payton, this is a heavy lift. He's got three things to rebuild. Russell Wilson's game and confidence. That goes without saying. He was good when he was had time to throw, but he's got to rebuild that. The second thing is he has to rebuild the culture, which he's talked about that publicly. It was a mess in the building. And number three, he's got to build the offensive line. And uh, it was shockingly bad. Yeah, I mean, they got to rebuild the offense there. and But it, it all starts and ends with Russell Wilson. You know? And this becomes the year in which, and if you watch that game, there were a lot of people talking about how bad the line was, but several of the throws that that uh, weren't on target, there wasn't pressure there. So to, to say I, anybody knows, I do not know. I don't. And obviously we haven't been to their practice. We haven't talked to them as insiders and we haven't watched with our own eyes. But it's a crazy thing that you go from two years ago, it was let Russ cook in Seattle. Then he gets hurt, comes back not particularly good to uh, what a throw. Holy cow. Oh, my goodness. What a throw. Um, to uh, to this this space where you're like, I don't know if he's any good or if he's going to be any good. It's the craziest thing because usually there's a, you know, it's like you peak in your career and then there's kind of a slow decline, right? And and you, even Tom Brady, I know they won the Super Bowl that year, but they weren't. He won. They weren't great. That he wasn't great. That even the game against the Packers, for example, right? Very good in the first half. Three interceptions in the second half. Like, that's not Tom Brady normally. There was some, but he was in his 40s. Russell Wilson, there was some decline there in Seattle. Byer, you saw some decline. Yes. If if, If I would have told you that here we are and we're questioning whether or not Russell Wilson's any good, a year and a half after he came back from the thumb injury and wasn't very good, what would you have said a year and a half ago? Oh, man. I wouldn't have believed you. I... I know that there was a decline, but you know, as you said, finger injury, and you're like, how is that going to play in? Maybe there was a, a little here. The reason that the Seahawks let him go, though, is they didn't want to pay him $50 right. million. Dollars. Right. And 
So you still thought that if maybe the price tag wasn't so high that they would have kept him. So yes. I think they probably wouldn't. You know, even though they may have seen a decline, I don't think that they would believe that we'd be at this point of the of the conversation. It's it's completely good. But, but the, for the same thing that we say with Sam Darnold in a small window of 18 months, it may not be as different for Russell Wilson. You go in, new head coach, who's a first-time head coach, maybe things don't match up. Not shocking that in the first preseason action that maybe things just aren't aren't as tight as they would be for Russell Wilson and the Broncos and Sean Payton. I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give that one a little bit more time. Um, okay, let's get to this. This is Craig Carton and Plexico Burris talking about Jordan Love and his performance and his first preseason game with the Packers. Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers starting quarterback, will be benched by Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> for, for real or for Gacy, oh, Wax? Wow. Fugazi. That is Fugazi. Because, uh, <laughs> I don't agree on something. <laughs> Gotta be Fugazi because who else is going to play quarterback? <laughs> the ball? I mean, who else is going to put back there? You're going to live and die with this guy. Man. That's just what it is, man. Uh, we can move on from that. We all agree. It's a bad situation. We're all agreed out for you. By the way, the uh, Packers backup, just so you know, uh, is a rookie named Sean Clifford. Yeah. From, uh, from, from where? <laughs> from where? Wow. By the, by the way, wow. exactly. if, you're, if you're a Packer fan, you have a choice. If Jordan Love doesn't play well against hurt, it's either Sean Clifford, no starts, or Alex McGill. McGill. That's a bad situation. If I'm not mistaken, Alex McGill sounds like the dude who was like the USFL player of the week a couple times. Yeah. That is. yeah. yeah that is. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, I thought Jordan Love was good over the weekend, and I don't know what it means long term, but I I think that's a really good roster. I think it's a good football team. I don't think they'll compete for a Super Bowl, but it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they compete for the playoffs and a little mm-hmm. bit better than people than people think. You know, and re- and remember, like we can also there can be some false hope, right? Like they play Chicago first week of the season, and. There's a world there where he looks really, really good first week of the season. We're like, oh, my God, Packers are great. And then, you know, it levels off as people have a book on him. People don't really have a book on Jordan Love. Played in like two games. So surrounded by a good roster with a good franchise. Seems like he's going to have a chance. And I don't think. And one of the things is, yes, his contract looks like backup contract money going forward to next year. But it's not like they have a guy who's sitting there waiting in the wings. They're going to give him this whole year to prove himself. And if he fails, he fails. Right? It'd be like, uh, like Rocky. Right? If he dies, he dies. That's what the Fox said. What the Fox say? Let's find out who or what is annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. Uh, Doug, I just saw Jeffrey Loria. Um, on TMZ, he said that uh, that Derek Jeter ruined things by removing the sculpture out of left field. For those who don't remember, uh, the Marlins opened their new park with this horrific art sculpture in left field, and it was the uh, punchline of many a jokes and memes, and it was just dreadful. It probably even pre-existed Twitter, so memes wasn't even a thing. But anyways. Um, Derek Jeter was an awful executive for the Marlins. Yes. Derek Jeter did absolutely nothing for that team. But the one thing that he did do was he got rid of the structure from left field. So 
I'll, I'm going to do the opposite of what the owner of the Marlins is doing. I'm going to say the only thing that Derek Jeter did right was remove the sculpture from left field, and the rest of it was just a complete uh, <laughs> ruination. So who's annoying in this play? It's annoying that Jeffrey Loria's takeaway was that Derek Jeter ruined things by removing the sculpture. Okay, fair enough. What else? Um, the lack of attention that Hubie Brown gets. So um, you and I have discussed on this very segment now, over the last few weeks. Now, on a three-on-two break, <laughs> what you need to look for... Go ahead. He always, say, he always says, if I'm Pat Riley, or I better do something a little bit more modern. Um, let's see here. If I'm Mike Brown, and then he gets into stuff. Um, but uh, Hubie Brown just got a new contract. He's 89 years old. He just got a new contract from ESPN. At a time when they're shedding contracts, getting rid of the – trimming the fat, getting rid of uh, Van Gundy because he said too many uh, critis, crit, uh, critical things about the referees – Hubie Brown's getting a new contract at 89, and I don't think he's ever received the um, recognition that he should have for what he does. He's a legend. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you, the, re- the recognition. I, I think he has, and deservedly so. I think he's very, very good. I don't know if you guys know this. Hubie Brown was generally seen as one of the great clinicians of all time, and one of the reasons that uh, European basketball has become so successful and so well coached is he was forever a clinician going over to Europe back, you know, back in the day. Um, I, I think I would disagree with you in that. I, yes, it looks like, hey, we're at this place where guys aren't uh, where guys aren't getting a contract when they're older, especially older white dudes. I legendary dudes, though, aren't replaceable like Dick Vitale's got. He's uh I mean, he can't even speak. He said he had throat surgery. He has he's fighting cancer. We hope he gets better. But like he'll always work there. Like there are certain guys. Lee Corso will always work until Lee Corso decides he doesn't want to do game day. He's going to do it. So I'm I'm going to disagree with you there in terms of this actually is par for the course. Corso, Vital and and Hubie. Now, has he received a claim? I think he has. Do people know that when Hubie coached, though, he was fat? And then he lost a bunch of weight. Wait, you're became... thinking about Frank Layden. No. <laughs> I'm joking. All no, right, Hubie no. was fat. Frank Layden did too, right? Hubie, Hubie was fat. And uh, after he got fired by the Knicks, I believe, that's when he started started losing, started losing to lose weight and then became a broadcaster. And he's just like an iconic broadcaster. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, best perm on the sidelines. Oh, there's so Hubie many. Hubie Brown or Jerry Pym? Jerry Pym, Hubie Brown. What about Dick Versace? Eddie, <laughs> Sut- Eddie, Sut- Eddie Sutton had a perm. Uh, my, my coach, Eddie Sutton, had a perm. He used to he'd say, well, back, back when I had a permanent, because, you know, perm is short for permanent. Uh, I think Dick Versace is the greatest perm ever. I'm just wow. going to tell you that right now. I'm going to tweet this out. Yeah. R.I.P. Dick Versace. Dick Versace. What else is ignoring you? Uh, Daniel Jones, the most recent quarterback to turn down the Netflix series. Um, what annoys me is that I think it only got two likes. Uh, it annoys me that my tweet didn't get more steam. I, I, I said a couple weeks ago that they should rename the next season of Netflix a quarterback with a subtitle of Suckas. Because they were the only Suckas who signed up for it. It should be quarterback, subtitle, Suckas. Yeah, but so what is the downside to, to doing the quarterback thing? <laughs> I, I, I'll never understand this. What is the downside? Most people don't, don't, uh, don't have a thirst for attention. 
You but know? it's not about like attention. Like I, Kirk Cousins comes off like a freaking saint in that deal, right? Mm-hmm. Mariota comes off super weird. <clears throat> you don't really know why he left the Falcon. Like the whole, there's so much. They left out so much of what could be potentially negative, and then Pat Mahomes won the Super Bowl. Like it obviously didn't affect him. I don't, I don't understand it. I, I get guys, you know, Herbert's a guy, he's turned it down. He just, I don't like attention. I understand what you're saying. But, I don't know. But my main beef is that nobody picked up on my idea. That's the annoying part. I think like quarterback suckers. Quarterback suckers? Because their only suckers are signing up for this. Mm. You know, if you have a brain, you're not signing up for it. Um, so those, those are my three things. Jeffrey Loria for the, the Jeter comment and the sculpture. The lack of attention that Hubie Brown gets, which you diffused. And then my uh, quarterback, Suckas, hasn't picked up steam at all. Uh, okay. Your, your comedy work is in the Rob Parker territory right now. So what, what else you got? <laughs> no, that's it. Those are the three things. Just choose. Jeffrey Loria. No. Quarterback, Suckas. No. And Hubie Brown doesn't get enough recognition for how good he is. That's yeah. th- those are the most annoying things of the weekend? Yes, yes. Hey, if you guys have better, I'm 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 all for it. Uh Dan, anything annoy you? Um yeah, uh at the club there's three sometimes four uh driving range Hold on, mats. So, okay, this isn't the gun club no. or, or your mm-hmm. gym club. Mm-hmm. It's the this golf is your club. Golf club, yeah. Mm-hmm. That can be in the sh- mm-hmm. that can be in the shade. Mm-hmm. Like there's three for sure. But then there's four. You could find me at the club sweating profusely <laughs> because I'm in the club sweat profusely <laughs> because I think it's like the bathroom stall sort of thing. You walk in, there's five urinals, stand up urinals for the guy. You go to either the end or you go to the middle. Yeah. You don't go to two and four. And, and you don't go to one because one's the little guy urinal, right? Sure. Yes. So. When there's three spots that are in the shade, don't take number two. Take one or three huh. so you have room. You don't feel like, you know, if, if it's a full full range, yeah. different story. But when it's wide open because it's 95 degrees, yeah, I like that. don't take the middle. And we're on mats on Saturday. So don't take the middle spot because it's the one that's in the shade the most. Take one or three, which are also in the shade. That was annoying to me. They've done research on this. You know, um, they've done research where men's blood pressure actually increases and his heart rate increases when a man stands next to him in the urinal stall. That, that's an actual scientific fact, hmm. that we as men get anxious, nervous. Our heart rate goes up when a man stands right next to us to go to the bathroom. I think there's the decision of... You don't want to saddle up right to it, but you don't want to be so laissez-faire that everything's open for business, you know? <laughs> I think that's finding the happy medium yeah. of it. I think that's fair. Totally fair, though. Yeah. No question. Um, I'll give you something that's annoying. Why do so many... Every school starts at a different time. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why do I have a feeling that it... it this annoying thing just happened this morning. No, 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 no. Why one does, of your kids is starting no, school here. No, no. One is starting <laughs> Wednesday. One, she takes online school. She already started. The other one starts on like in two weeks or whatever. But I just, there's no universal anything. And I, starting I had, time in the morning. The actual time. No, starts. the actual date. Oh, okay. The actual date okay. uh, changes. And, and I don't. And we keep pushing, like in California, to be more like the Midwest, right? Where you start earlier in August and then you're out like in May. 
And I don't. That was that was done a long time ago for the crops, right? Like, I I always like like after Labor Day is when that, that's when we used to start. I like that one way better, way better. Uh, what else is annoying me? <laughs> Those are five pretty good ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Dan Byers. Just just people's lack of understanding for their decisions that they make and how they affect other people, like. And this is uh, the actual easiest parallel is like you're at a at a gym, you're shooting by yourself, right? Or even better yet, like you're working with your kid, you're feeding your kid, he's shooting shooting hoops, and then somebody comes into the gym. There's other hoops that are open. They come shooting at your hoop. You're like, what are you doing? Go shoot down the other fucking end, dude. There's a whole hoop down there. There's nothing magical happening at this basket. It's the same thing with the driving range, right? Like, you're out there, you're by yourself. Like, have a little understanding of who's going to come in and where they're going to be. Just get to the first one, hit your ball, and that way there's a whole other row of things. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. That's fucking annoying. That's just annoying. So whoever did that to you, you're annoying! Be sure to... The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Why are we doing this? Why do I... Because we can. 
Okay, so um, this this was over the weekend, but it's been happening. At Philly games, uh, all season, they have gone with this chant. He could, depending on the matchup. I don't know what they're saying, Tom, but if you want to repeat it, go ahead. I don't know if I have to repeat it. <laughs> That's good. So that was John Cruck asking the play-by-play guy to repeat what they're saying. They're saying, fuck you, ump, really loud, and they've been doing this for most of the season. Now, Doug, here's the problem with not having automated umpires, robotic umpires calling balls and strikes. Here's a problem with that is that the fan base, you're losing your fan base. If the fans could see that it was a strike and your umpire's not calling it a strike, you're, you're, that's a deterioration in the respect of the umpire. So if you don't want all of your stadiums around the big leagues saying fuck you ump audibly into your, uh, into your telecast, then how about you go to an automated strike zone? Um, I, 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 don't think, I don't like the automated umpire. I understand that some of the strikes, everybody has a different strike zone, and some of that stuff is bad. Like, I get it. Right? But we, we, if we're going to take the human factor out of sports, I mean, I just, I don't enjoy it. It's And, and I get it. Like, you're sitting there going like, yeah, but this call was bad, and this guy is bad, and and this is this is awful, and whatever. But, I, so what you're, what you're saying is, what you're saying, Jace, too, is even the negative fuck you ump, is a good thing in reality because it it gives somebody to direct their energy at. Sure. Yeah. But if if enough... uh... Like, what's the most entertaining spot outside of the actual game? Some of the most entertaining stuff in baseball are the arguments with the ump. Right? The Aaron Boone thing last week was amazing. Tremendous. But it's another symptom of what I just said. We, we see the umpire making mistakes on an a, a inning-by-inning basis. That deteriorates your respect for them. It's almost unfair to them that they haven't gone to the automated strike zone. If there were robot umps, I would want an actual robot behind the catcher. <laughs> I think that that, would, that is a must-have, and then you can, can we just... Can get fuck you, robot? <laughs> fuck you, robot. Both green. Pink your base. Strike your, four. <laughs> strike three. You're out. What was it? Wasn't there with a robot and uh, and Buck Rogers? Billy, Billy, Billy. Billy, Billy, Billy. What was it? Uh, was he uh, Twinkie? Twinkie. Does he look like Twinkie, Dan, or does he look like the robot in Lost in Space? I I do have an updated robot, but still with like a metal head. Doesn't look like an actual human. But just as an actual robot with like red eyes and actual I, I just, arms. I, I and just legs. like this need for like perfect. We're trying to perfect something that's not perfect. Sports is not perfect. You can't make it perfect. Stop trying to make it perfect. We do that with it's what's fucked up football, right? You have a game winning touchdown. They're like, hold on, let's go back to the booth to make sure that it's okay. Yes. The ruling on the field stands. Like, yes, it is, in fact, a touchdown. Like, even the good plays, we have to review. Like, geez, just, he called a touchdown, it's a touchdown. Close enough. Let's go. How come NFL referees don't talk back to coaches, but, like, Major League Baseball and NBA ones have no problem giving them 
a little return. Uh, I I think because the NFL guys they have this the whatever is that the side judge who's the guy that's in front of them and they just wear those guys just out the whole time. Those poor game, guys. Yeah. Those poor guys. Yeah. They catch so much shit. You go tell your partner he's fucking terrible, right? Like that's oh, all. Like just wearing him out. And then eventually they go, that's enough. But uh, that's a good point. The Major League Baseball thing, when they go crazy, is it's such bizarre theater. Like in no other world does that exist except for baseball. Yes. Where you literally could go nuts. And then sometimes those guys do start kicking, on, kicking the dirt on, on. They want some of it. Yeah. I mean, like look at the Aaron, Aaron Boone thing last week. That was amazing. All right, let's get to our pick of the day. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. Do you guys know this is game week in, uh, uh, or, or we're a week away, excuse me, from game week in college football? Do you guys know that? We are. We're getting closer and closer. But you can, of course, go and bet on opening game odds. Uh, that's where this pick will come from. Um, Notre Dame takes on the Naval Academy in Ireland. Uh, that's coming up on the 26th of August. You're like, damn, that's... It's kind of close, right? You're less than two weeks away from college football on television. Uh, Notre Dame opened up as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. You can still get that some places. It's 19-and-a-half. Now, the Naval Academy, they have a new head coach. Um, but but uh, Notre Dame changed offense coordinators, and then they, they bring in uh, the quarterback from Wake Forest, who's, who's pretty good. And the thought is, like, immediately they're going to take off. My issue with it is, that with the exception of quarterback, Notre Dame hasn't gone out and killed it in the transfer portal. They're coached by a, their head coach is still a defensive coach. And their offensive coordinator, he's the tight end, he was the tight ends coach. It's not like they came in and you have a proven track record. It leads me to believe that early on, it's going to be a little hit or miss. A little hit or miss. I'm going to take the Naval Academy, especially if I get 20 points. The Naval Academy... And I would also take the under. Naval Academy and the under, take it early on now before the line moves. That's a lot of points. And nearly three touchdowns on foreign soil. They'll play in actual grass. Give me the Naval Academy. That's it for the In the Bonus Podcast. Check us out tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Radio Show on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zip. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.